I'm Maddie. I'm Ryan. And this is the Mutant Ages, finally. Finally. (laughs) Finally. We just, you know, we had to have a little chat first, but now we're recording the show. Well, okay. (laughs) We started talking about rock and roll on motorcycles, and I thought you were referencing literally the first scene in this episode. That's why I thought we were talking about Logan, but apparently we were not. Oh, do you mean the first scene where Juggernaut is throwing cars at everybody? That scene? No, I'm thinking about later on when Gene and Scott are having their fight about mm-hmm. Logan and Logan's on the motorcycle. But for some reason, I'm just thinking it's at the beginning of the episode because this episode's like all over the place. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. Before we even do that, I have to I have to talk about this because I've been waiting all week to say this on the okay. podcast, but Leo Williams number 1 of Exterminators dropped this week. And if you are not reading it or reading that series, you have to add it to your pull uh, list. It's all of Ryan's favorite characters. All of them are here. It is. I mean, like it was already going to be something I loved because Dazzler, Boom Boom, Jubilee and Laura are the leads. But it's written by Leah Williams. And what, we love her. Yes. First of all. I mean, first of all, the tone of this book is like you can tell it's written by a woman and it's also written by a queer woman just because it's like the, just the energy of the writing is so much different from literally anything else in the mm-hmm. X-Men at this point. Because, I mean, at this point, there's still so many male writers. And while most of them are queer, it's still written through a male view where this is so different because like. There are scenes in here where Jubilee is just sitting around in her underwear reading comic books and she's just got like pizza all over her while Boom Boom's next to her. <laughs> also like in her underwear drinking a six pack and doing her nails. And I'm like, like straight straight men wouldn't write it that way. I know. You know what I mean? It's great. And like they're covered in like grease stains and stuff. And it's very funny. Yeah. But then they still get cute and go mm-hmm. out anyway. And I got to say... It's really awesome because it's super vulgar. Yeah. And it's probably gorier than any Wolverine comic I've ever read because they're fighting vampires and it's very violent. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and they, they, there's a lot of profanity. <laughs> and it kind of feels like the Birds of Prey movie mixed with like Tina Fey's humor. So it's just like really fun. Like the opening shot is Dazzler rollerblading through blood and like popping some bubble gum. It's like, I love this. Where has this been my whole life? So anyway, you guys have to go read it because it is really, really fun. It probably has no bearing on the greater Krakoa universe, but I don't care. It doesn't need to, though. It can just be its own thing that's fun and features all of Ryan's favorite characters. And some of mine, too. So Oh, yeah. I mean, Boom Boom literally sticks her little time bombs into zombies' heads to blow up their heads. <laughs> and then she gets covered in blood and she's like, ew, gross. Like by the end of the issue, all three of them are just covered soaked in blood. In blood. 
<laughs> Which again, it's like a straight man wouldn't write it this way. You know what I mean? It's just, mm-hmm. I just want to say you guys have to go read it. Anyway, back to our regular scheduled programming, I guess. Mm-hmm. We're still covering Wolverine and the X-Men. We're all the way up to episode 20. And this previously on the X-Men, by the way, is a previously on the it X-Men is. episode. Like the whole it thing. It is. The whole thing is previously on the X-Men with a lot of previouslys we've never seen before. This is, an, this is like a clip show of like flashbacks from Scott's brain. Like it's like, okay, here's Scott's life story, which I don't mind. I actually liked hearing the context of it. It's just, there's like a couple scenes right at the end where they feel so rushed that I was like kind of disappointed, but we'll get to that. I, I guess I'll see what I think of the episode when we're done recapping and talking about it, but I don't think I loved it. Neither did I, mostly because it's not that it's not good. It's just that I've seen Scott's story like this. It took like all the scenes from X-Men, the animated series, mm-hmm. and also X-Men Evolution and redid absolutely all of them. And then <laughs> they also were like, let's animate X-Men 1, 2, and 3, the movies. Yeah. And I was like, what? Why? <laughs> and they had to do it all in 22 minutes and I'm like I don't know if you guys needed to do this like there's some ways to establish that sense of emotional intimacy between the characters without just recreating scenes we know from other media you know what I mean like it felt kind of uncreative okay I listen I'm just going to float this out there. If we hadn't spent the nine episodes of Wolverine running off and screaming in the woods and spent more time with him having flashbacks to what happened and building up to this episode, it would have worked so much better. I mean, I don't love flashbacks as a narrative device. It's kind of lazy, but like, you know what? I'll take it. If you're going to show the episodes at the very beginning where the mansion blows up and then you're like moving forward from there, then the only way you can reveal what happened is flashbacks. Like, that's it. That's what you're stuck with. Sure, but like they could do it over the course of the season. Yes, and then it wouldn't be as awkward as this episode, which is like, okay, we're going to stuff all the flashbacks into episode 20. Like the season is almost over. And it's like, let's explain what happened in the pilot. (laughs) Like... Come on, guys. Like, what is happening with the pacing on this show? Well, Emma is the one reading Scott's I memories, and every though. single I time he that. has a memory, Scott <laughs> stands up and screams, why am I remembering this? And Emma's like, I don't know, dude. It's your memory. Yeah, he's, like, mad at her. He's like, why are you showing me this? And she's like, you're showing me this. Like, I'm just standing here. Like, I'm, I'm just <laughs> going along for the ride with all this shit. And Scott is like, yeah. I don't see why this is relevant. And she's like, neither do I. Like, you tell me. <laughs> I actually thought that was kind of interesting, though. Like, the part of the episode that I really liked is that it kind of seems like Gene is sending some subconscious something to Scott. I guess. You know, where it's like, is she? Well, because the first memory he has is about being in a coma for a long time, which is what her situation is right now. You know? Oh, I didn't even see that parallel. Oh, that was why I was like, that's why this scene is here. Because Gene is trying to tell Scott, I was in a coma for, for two years or whatever. And that's where I am. And then and that's why Scott is like, why am I seeing this? And Emma's like, I don't see the connection either. Like, I'm as confused as you, you know? Right. I thought that was the point of that. I thought the point of this episode was going to reveal that Emma was part of the reason why Gene turned into the Phoenix. But I don't even know. Does that happen, though? Because I think in the end of this show, Emma is revealed to be evil or something, right? Uh, she is revealed to be working with the Hellfire Club who wants to manifest the Phoenix. Okay. But Emma's whole deal is that she's written to be a little bit more sympathetic because mm-hmm. in the original comics, she's just like super sadistic about it. But in this, she's part of the Hellfire Club and she 
is like, yeah, I want to do this. And then when she realizes that they're going to like hurt Jean and Scott, she's like, I didn't sign up for this part, basically. Yeah. That's her story. That's so. interesting. I mean, I know it's not going to end well for her because I do know some spoilers for the show. And I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah, because I walked in on episode one and I go, Maddie, this is what's going to happen. You're like, Ryan, we're in episode one. Why did you message me that? (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I actually know mostly the spoilers from reading all those interviews a couple weeks ago where I was like, that's it. I just want to know what the fuck the making of this show was. So I ended up reading a bunch of spoilers at that point. Oh, okay. Which is fine. I I don't mind knowing spoilers, um, but it does kind of change... I mean, it's another thing that kind of changes how I feel about the show because I'm like, this is such a great portrayal of Emma. I'm really sad that they're just going to kill her in like season one. Shh, spoilers, Maddie. I'm like sad about it though, Ryan. I'm sad. I mean, I'm sad about it too, but I'm sure if there was a season two, it would have ended with like, or sorry, and it would have had Beast being like, I'm going to slowly put... Emma Frost back together like a 3D puzzle. Oh my god! Like that yeah, is kind that of is like kind of, his deal. I mean, he, they did do that in the comics that one time. We talked about that, so it could happen. I mean, he did do that, and then Jean brought her back to life, and she's like, "Sorry." <laughs> maybe they were planning to do that in season two. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, maybe we should talk about this episode. I don't know. Okay, oh, like, the previously on the X Men is actually Cyclops going nuts and remembering that Jean is dead, mm-hmm. maybe, and when he chased Mister Sinister <laughs> through amazing episode, amazing episode, yep, and also that like Jean and Xavier potentially died. At this point, we know they haven't. Just uh, some other weird stuff has happened. Yeah, but we don't know what that weird stuff was, and we get to see a flashback to the scene where Logan's like, "If you're gonna be here, be here." I laughed. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, we're back to this again." And then it starts this episode where we get to see Juggernaut, For no which reason. I messaged you. No reason. At the beginning of this, and I was like, wait, why is Juggernaut here? Because somewhere in the middle of this episode, I was like, Juggernaut's not going to come back, is he? And you're like, no. And I'm like, okay. We didn't even, they don't even introduce who he is on this show. They don't. He's just they don't. there. I mean, he's just Juggernaut. He's just there. It's really like they needed a B list or like D list villain for this show where he's really not on the show a at all. D list? D men list. He's from D men. And he's not going to be relevant to the episode. The whole point of this is just that Scott is damaged by his PTSD from seeing Gene disappear and die or whatever. And also this repressed memory he has of what really happened, which we're going to find out later in the episode. So he's having PTSD from that. So that is affecting his ability to fight well. And Juggernaut just so happens to be the villain they're fighting, but it's not even important. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, this is just a random X-Men fight they're having, which like, it is kind of disappointing because it's like, well, couldn't this have happened like in the danger room? Like, why does Juggernaut need to be introduced only so that he doesn't appear in the rest of the episode? Ever appear again? He has no lines. I know. He's just screaming. He's they throwing d- like, cars. We know who he is. Yeah, I mean. We know who he is because we know Juggernaut. That's it. But if you were a new viewer, you would not even know. I think they would know because I feel like by this point, Juggernaut's been in the live action movies, right? Like this is post X3, right? Well, I was going to say at this point, we are just used to them throwing in a bunch of random characters. So like a viewer who did not know anything about the X-Men wouldn't even know the difference because they just introduced like 19 characters per episode. Don't say their names. I know. Or why I just feel there. like they, this entire show is predicated on the assumption that everybody's seen the live action movies. I guess you could say that maybe, but like, what, the Kleinstocks are in here. <laughs> oh, 
hokey, but that's like that's something for the fans, you know? Like that's the Easter all right. egg. All right, fair you enough. know what I mean? Like you don't okay. have to know who the Kleinstocks are, but you do have to have seen X3 to like get this one, you know? Like it's kind of weird. I It's just Juggernaut throwing cards. It's the only thing he does. The only thing is that Colossus is not here to throw cars back at him and it's very disappointing. I know why didn't Colossus come back? We should have brought back Colossus just for this one episode, honestly. That would have made as much sense as Juggernaut being It would have been even funnier if Colossus was just yeah, there, unexplained. No explanation. That actually would have been incredible, honestly. Oh my god. That would be the move we would have made back in high school with the story. Yeah, we would have just been trolling the network by being like, fine, we're going to put Colossus back in here. Deal with that. <laughs> so, okay. Juggernaut is in a building that's on fire, which is going to matter because the fire is what's going to trigger Scott. I wrote down, okay, so I wrote down every piece of this fight. And we're not going to talk matter. about it because it doesn't matter. It does not it matter. Truly it's doesn't. just them trying to get Juggernaut's helmet off. It is, but they I don't, don't even by succeed. the way. They don't get his helmet off. But really, we can skip all of it. Because none of these characters matter to even being here. I mean, Emma's there. Yeah. I guess that kind of matters. Like, she's she's watching Scott. And she's not doing anything. Not really, no. Her and Logan <laughs> are just standing there watching I this know. go down. So, like, Juggernaut is in the midst of throwing a burning car at Scott, and he's about to fucking die. But then, as he's staring into the flames, he sees Jean walking towards him, right. smiling. Of course, Scott just immediately stops fighting and screams, Gene, Gene, is that you? Gene? <laughs> it's kind of hard to feel sorry for him, but he is, I mean, I'm actually not sure how to take this. I don't know whether Gene is projecting this into his mind unintentionally or if he is just having PTSD. We don't never actually get the answer to that. Now that you said this, I, I did make a note that when he sees Gene, Gene is standing in fire. Yes. So I was like, well, that's an intentional reference to the Phoenix. Right, so right. if she's somehow tapped into the Phoenix Force right now, which it is revealed at the is, end of this yes. that she is, because like that's the final shot of this episode, Correct. because the beginning shot of this is seeing her in the fire, yep. a hallucination of her. Correct, right. Or or not a hallucination, but almost like an astral projection of her if, if she's really there. We don't know. Right, right. But I feel like both are equally plausible because, I mean, we may as well just reveal the plot point at the end for the sake of like talking about this scene, which is that the big reveal, the big twist ending of the entire series so far is that Gene manifested the Phoenix and caused the X-Mansion explosion at the very beginning of the yeah. show. It's Gene right. and the Phoenix. And that's crazy, by the way. I did not know that was going to happen, even though I'm sure you spoiled Wait, it for really? me. I, for, I didn't know I that. feel like I've told you, you know, this is what happens is I come into Slack and I'll literally send 19 messages in a row. Ryan says things and then I forget all of them. And it's funny because I do read no. them. I do. Oh, do you really? Yes. I just assume you don't when I'm because, going on a tirade because that's the kind of thing I would do is just like I mean, send you a full essay and then you don't respond. But I will read it. I'll read it and then I'll just move on and like I'll forget it or I'll just be like Ryan was kidding, which is what I did with the spoiler from Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness where you like told me a huge spoiler and I like just thought it was a joke, which people should subscribe to the <laughs> Patreon to listen to me laughing about that in real time being like, oh my God, I did not know. That I was already spoiled on that. Well, you know. People should subscribe to the Patreon anyway. But it's good. my point is, I feel like you did tell me that it was Gene becoming the Phoenix at the beginning of the show. And then I just forgot. And like, I don't know. It's probably on this show that you told me. I was going to say, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I said it on the podcast. So I <laughs> Well, I managed to be surprised again because I'm a dumbass. And I was like, wow, that really changes how I feel about that scene. You know, because I thought it was like a hate crime against the X-Men. And now I'm like, oh, it's Gene becoming the Phoenix. And then I'm like a little sad that we didn't get to see the build up to that and instead it's all crammed into this one episode 
you know? It really is. I mean, like, I understand why they started where they started. I think it was good. I think it worked that they had this mystery. I agree. I think the first three episodes are great. Right, that this mystery of what happened, but they needed to be building to it yeah. for, like, the entire season and they don't and i think this just might be like what writing was like for cartoons and animation at that time because i feel like that's a new thing where they will continue a plot line yeah and they don't need to do one shots constantly yeah and i think i think this show tries to do it but they do too many plots like they start this show off and they're like here's all the different things going on. And then we're going to add 19 other things by episode six and you have to keep track of all of them and it was like Hold on. Yeah. We, we, where are the Morlocks? They're not even on this show. Yeah. I mean, thank God. We don't have time for them. Like, for real, we don't have time. We don't have time for the Phoenix. The Phoenix, We literally Maddie. don't. We don't have time for the Phoenix. And it turns out that the Phoenix was what the entire show was supposed to be about. It's just that we've been focused on the MRD and the future timeline with Bishop and Xavier and like I mean, time that's traveling. Fine. That's cool too. Well, I like look, that. I do too, but it's too much, Ryan. Like it's too many other plot lines. No, okay. It would have been cool if in the future, Xavier was trying to figure out what happened at the mansion and was sending yes. things to Logan to be like something happened. But instead, it's a Sentinel plot line, which is fine. It just means that then coming back around to this is like, wait, remember the mansion? We were supposed to care about that this whole 20 episodes and we didn't. Uh, it's like, it's crazy. And I don't even, I don't even know. I <laughs> I don't hate this show. I want to clarify that. There's stuff I that I like I about either. it. I enjoy it moment to moment. It's just that like from a big picture perspective, it's like, why was the pacing like this? And I don't blame anybody who worked on it. Well, you know the answer to I this. Do. You know the answer. I do. But it does mean, though, that I'm a little disappointed by this just being crammed in at the very end because it doesn't have the same stakes that it would have if it had been built up this entire time. Right. So anyway. Well, all right. Let's do the opening credits. So Cyclops kind of wake up in the infirmary <laughs> where he hallucinates Gene and he's like, I missed you so much. And full on ton out. Makes out with quote unquote Gene, who he is seeing who in turns his out to mind. Be... And it's Emma. It's Emma who is sad. Yeah, it is sad. I thought this scene would have been better if it was Logan, but I know, I know this why is why it, it was Logan. Emma. <laughs> <laughs> he kisses Logan and Logan's like, I don't, I'm not into that now. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay, my God. There, I will point out that later on in this episode, Logan and Scott are fighting about Gene, but like this sexual tension between just it's them and those so scenes, wild. I'm like, I'm like, wait, who are we fighting about right now? It's, <laughs> like, that scene is another scene where I'm like, it's not supposed to be homoerotic, but it doesn't actually make sense unless you assume it is. Because it's... <laughs> it's like, they tried really hard to make them straight and failed. I know, and it was like, I, know. I don't know. So Cyclops is like, oops. And Emma's like, oh, she looks I'm in so love with sad you. But... Here. I actually liked the animation yeah. of her reaction. Well, they do good with that. The animation on the show is great. I know. And then Cyclops is like, I saw Jean last night. And Emma's like, uh, no, you didn't because I would have censored her, you dumbass. <laughs> and then Cyclops is like, what happened to the juggernaut? And Emma's like, the juggernaut got away. Who cares? And then Cyclops <laughs> leaps off the infirmary table and he starts stomping around and goes, 
I'm no good for this team. And like leaves. And then <laughs> and he's like, I- I'm quitting again because I miss my girlfriend and she might be dead. And I'm mad. And Emma's like following him. And she's like, oh, my God. Like, please, can you not quit again? Because we actually do need you. And also, I'm like low key in love with you. So, yeah. And also, Emma's like, and Logan can't lead the team. So something <laughs> needs to change. Yeah. She's like, can you please get your shit together? Right. And what she offers is really dark by the way like it's not the right thing to do but i'm sympathetic to emma here because she's losing it herself okay i'm sympathetic to emma and she also gives cyclops the choice here and at the end of it he doesn't follow through and she goes okay so while it's a dark choice i do feel like emma respects whatever he decides where if it was xavier xavier just be like i can fix this problem now you don't remember gene (laughs) and he like rolls away backwards into the next room doing jazz hands Xavier wouldn't have given him the choice at all Xavier would have been like yeah let me just fix your brain and like deletes everything xavier's like i don't even have time to do this right now so we don't have time to work through your feelings so i'm just gonna put them in a box where they can manifest later and give you further trauma so cyclops has packed a bag and he's storming down the stairs, and his bag doesn't have much in it, just his one trench coat, probably. Well, because he does, that's all he has. He has one outfit and, and his costume. And like those multiple Polaroids of Jean Grey yes. is also what he yeah. has. Uh, and Emma's like, Where the fuck are you going? And Scott's like, I don't even know. And Emma's like, You can't just abandon us. We need you. I know this isn't even what you want, Scott. And Scott's like, I want to be an X-Men, but I can't be an X-Men because I can't stop thinking about Jean. And now all my friends are getting hurt because I can only think about Jean. So it's goodbye. (laughs) It's like so much. That is exactly what he says. It's a, that voice is exactly what it sounds like on the TV show, by the way. There's no exaggeration. It, it kind of is, honestly. Anyway, so Emma's like, what if I told you I could erase Gene from your memories? And Cyclops is like, completely? And Emma's like, if that's what you want. <laughs> and Cyclops is like, and then what? I wind up like Logan screaming about my memories? And like Emma's like... I mean, no, I wouldn't do that it's to you. It's a good you. concern, to be fair. I, you know, I love that Cyclops said I that because I was like, actually, I agree with Cyclops yeah. here, which is a, I can't believe I'm saying that, but he is right. I know, where he's like, listen, we got a lot of people with amnesia around here. I don't want to end up like them. And mainly I'm talking about Logan. <laughs> and Emma's like, fair. <laughs> However, I'm not Xavier, so I'm not just going to like go in your brain, move shit around and leave. Like I would actually delete the memories if that's what you want. And she's like, Scott, if the choice is leaving us or letting go of Jean, then let me try. Which yeah. I still don't think this is the right thing to do, but you're right. She doesn't do it in the end. They both decide that it's wrong. I honestly feel like Emma's intent wasn't to delete Jean from his brain. Yeah, she maybe just wanted to help him work through it. Yeah, because this is like one very long therapy session yes. with Emma Frost. Because that is the difference between Xavier and Emma Frost. Even in the comics books, Emma is the one who will go through and offer you therapy while Xavier just fucks things up. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. I mean, that really is what she's offering here because she's like, okay, like show me all the memories you have of Jean. And then he's like, I don't even know what these mean. And she's like, well, what do you think they mean? And is like forcing like, him feeling? to like go through it himself, like the way a therapist does. So I do appreciate her in that way. You're right. Although it's very romantic because it they is. go to sit on a bench outside overlooking the ocean. And Emma's just and like, she's like, relax. Listen 
into the ocean. Lean into my boobs. Let me put my hands on your head. Yeah, down your pants. Like whatever. <laughs> it's not that sexual, but it is romantic. I would, I would definitely agree. It is romantic. It's probably the straightest the show has been thus far. Yeah. Because let me tell you, this stuff with Jean later does not seem straight. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. Because Scott and Logan seem like they want to fuck each other. I mean, right, right. So Emma's like, all right, Scott, lead me to Jean mm-hmm. and. There's a flashback to Scott. This is the one that I think Gene is beaming into his brain. This is the one I was talking about before. Well, I maybe subconsciously, maybe. And so this is post plane crash, yes. which we don't see Corsair. Plur- <laughs> <laughs> Corsair cannot fly Corsair a plane. Corsair crashing a plane yet again. It's like kind of funny that he's a pilot even <laughs> in space because he's always crashing those two. It's to the point where I cannot believe. They didn't have time to get to it on this show. That episode of at the animated series where Corsair Crashes crashes like the ship ships. five consecutive times. I was like, <laughs> like, you can't fly, dude. Like, you just can't do it. I know. It's incredible. People need to go to our YouTube channel and watch the super cut of all the times oh Corsair God. has crashed a plane on X-Men TA. It's like so funny. Anyway, so Scott doesn't remember what happened to him. And this is baby Scott. He's like a little little preteen. And he's waking up in the hospital and he's screaming that he wants to see his parents. The doctor is like kind of evasive in like a crazy way where Scott keeps being like, where are my parents? And the doctor's like, so anyway, your brother's alive. And Scott just keeps screaming like, where are my parents? And eventually the doctor's like, okay, let me level with you. They're dead. Like, I don't want to say that, but... <laughs> okay, honestly, I have two theories about what was going on here. One, I like this doctor was behind the bed when Scott woke yes. up. And I really feel like because they reference in two seconds, they're like, Yeah, you've been in a coma for two years. Yeah. I think that doctor was just literally about to pull the plug out of the socket <laughs> right then. And then Scott woke up. You know, Scott's like, What's going on? And the doctor is like, uh, nothing. My other theory is the doctor just is Mr. Sinister in disguise. I love which that. Is, Far more believable. 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 It it's believable. It's, yeah, he's in bereavement. Um, I feel like both of those options are way funnier than the reality, which is also that I thought you were just going to say the doctor never expected him to wake up at all and was just like sitting there reading a book like on his break and then was like, oh shit, this patient who like isn't even my patient is now screaming at me about his parents and I need to like try to rack my brain uh, yeah, to two I years know. ago and, like, and be like, wait, is this kid's parents dead? Like what was the situation here <laughs> where's his brother now yeah he's like your brother's alive it's got to like take me to him he's like well <laughs> he's living with a new family now he got adopted yeah yeah and scott is like wait why the fuck did he leave me and the doctor's like well you've been in a coma for two years that's a long time too. i know i know we get a dramatic zoom in on Scott's little baby, Scott's face. And then Scott in the present day jolts out of everything and is like, Emma, why are you showing me this? What does this have to do with Jean? It has everything to do with Jean and Scott, but neither of you know that now. And Emma is like, I don't know, Scott, you're the one taking me there. And Scott is like, it makes no sense. And Emma's like, maybe not yet, but for some reason you've connected those memories to her, which this is the part where I'm like, oh, I just think it's because Jean's in a coma and they need to like put that together still. Okay. But like you're saying that, but she's already woken up from the coma, well, yeah. which is why I'm confused. But she's in a hospital. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe, but she doesn't have her memories. So I know. I feel like the theory works, but it's a very clunky. I agree. Like, and you I may agree. be onto and it's something. Like, it should have been better laid out, but. Whatever. No, well, Emma's like, do you want to stop Scott? And he's like, 
no, continue. <laughs> and so that this is what they do. We get to go back to the orphanage from the animated series. Yes. This also has absolutely nothing to do with Gene at all. So this is another thing where I'm like, well, maybe my theory's <laughs> wrong. Maybe these are just random fucking memories that are here for no reason. <laughs> well, I mean, Emma says later, it's like, oh, you had a lot of trauma in your life, which is fair. Yes. And like, th- that's why this is a therapy session. She's like, tell me how you feel about this this trauma. And Scott goes, I just needed to date a woman. So I would never have to think about my trauma ever again. And I was like, that's not dealing with it. Yeah. I wanted to date the most popular girl in school. And I wanted to date her from age 16 to age 700. And she's not allowed to look at anyone else. And I was like, Oh my God, this is. Yeah. It's like, it's like, honestly, (laughs) the way that Scott Port sees gene in this is actually kind of insane it's like scott she's not your property to like cover up all your trauma because that's literally what emma comes to i know basically. i know but in this scene uh it's these two kids i guess from the orphanage bump into him and they random two bullies who are picking on scott they start beating the shit out of him mm-hmm. because that's what happens yeah. and that's when cyclops powers manifest and he blows one of the kids into the building the orphanage doors yeah and knocks him out and they're like oh shit what the fuck are you a and monster then they do say that but then his eyes start beaming and he doesn't close his <laughs> eyes and he like kills everybody in the orphanage in two like seconds. two seconds he like explodes the entire orphanage yeah it's gone yep. it's like sawed in half no survivors he shot at the people <laughs> who were in the doorway they're not there anymore they're gone he literally killed a bunch of people which makes sense because he's in a prison two seconds later he is in a prison which is so dark like normally i feel like xavier finds scott in like a hospital like am i wrong like he, they show him in a prison cell i was like whoa which by the way xavier rolls into this prison cell and there's nobody else in this prison and i know okay he brainwashed them all though that's what I, I was like i was like how did xavier get in here i'm like oh right it's xavier why are you questioning that i didn't question that at all i was like this makes sense so <laughs> yeah and like xavier like rolls in and he starts talking to scott and scott goes i'm a monster and this made me laugh so hard because xavier then goes if you are and then he goes into scott's head and he goes then so am i mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, dude, because you just went into his brain without his permission. <laughs> it brainwashed everybody on the way here, which admittedly that seemed fine. But like also did Scott commit murder? Like, I feel like this is so dark. Like, Well, I mean, it was shit. by accident. Also, Scott is wearing a bandage over his eyes to like make it so he doesn't open his eyes because it's Scott and he can't keep his eyes closed all the time. I think it's so funny whenever Cyclops doesn't have his glasses so he puts a bandage over his eyes to make sure that he doesn't blow people apart if he opens his eyes but if he opens his eyes he'll just blow off the bandage and still blow everyone apart everyone i i I don't know i mean i guess it's like he's closing his eyes and i mean you do have to like exert i i mean i don't know i guess just keeping your eyes closed all the time would be really tiring and so it's easier with like a bandage to keep them closed do you know what i'm saying like i no i can't i don't even know (laughs) truly i don't know and then then Xavier is talking about when he was a kid, he thought he was a monster because he heard all the voices from everyone around yes. him. And he thought he was losing his mind, but he learned how to control it and how to shut down people's brains so now he could do whatever he wants, basically. Mm-hmm. And then he removes the blindfold <laughs> and he's like, off now of you Scott. Can too. And he's like removing the blindfold and he's like, open your eyes. And Scott is like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> okay, well, he's put the visor yes, on him. Yeah, so he's brought a visor with him, which he designed for Scott, a kid he doesn't know. I mean, it's so much creepier in this version where it's like Xavier shows up, already has the fully made visor that like Beast probably designed. Yeah. And he's like, I've been watching you. 
And I made you a visor so you can be my child soldier. You know what? Honestly, he probably hit up Moira and was like, hey, I have to go get this kid. He's shooting energy out of his eyes. I need an invention to prevent that. And Moira's like, well, I fucking hate myself a mutant. So <laughs> if you want me to help to suppress that in some way, I can whip up this visor real quick for you. Yeah. That's probably what really happened. Either way, Xavier's like, here's this visor. And so he opens his eyes and everything's tinted red and he can look at Xavier finally. Although, you know what's really funny to think about? Is according to Krakoa, right? All these different versions of the X Men, like Wolverine, the X Men, mm-hmm. X Men Evolution, uh, X Men the Animated Series, they could just be Moira resetting the universe yes, over and over again. They could be, right? yeah, right, yeah. I don't know. It's also kind of like this scene feels like it could just as easily be a villain origin story. My brain, I'm gonna blow your brain for a second. <laughs> so you know how after X-Men 3 we had an X-Men Origins Wolverine and then they reset everything into first class and did a whole new timeline that also sort of exists yeah, in the sure. same timeline yeah. as the X-Men universe the post credit scene of X-Men 3 is Xavier waking up in front of Moira and potentially killing her <laughs> so did she reset the universe I mean and then start a first class I, that doesn't blow my mind because none of that was in Moira's timeline in that time period so we would have to wreck on that yeah but she resets and instead of being a scientist she's now really cool she's a cool cia chick yeah i don't know sure moira's the worst actually anyway. the fox films are 100 percent accurate they knew moira was a mutant who had the power to reset timelines and that was actually canon the entire time yeah mind blown <laughs> right anyway um so cyclops goes back with xavier and now we see now he's one of the x-men now we're in the danger room with right. all the little babies this is a really long danger room oh, scene with angel beast and Iceman. i wrote down every beat of the fight and then i was like i don't know why i did that <laughs> it doesn't really matter i don't know i don't know why you did that either and i also don't know why okay so at the beginning of this episode or sorry at the beginning of this series it really felt like beast and bobby and angel didn't have this history that they are now telling us that they have i know i don't feel like that works to be honest (laughs) like i was like wait so they did all know each other why are they acting like they didn't also bobby would have been so young here because he was living with his parents and he was like 17 when he was recruited at the beginning of this show so i mean he was the youngest x-men that was recruited of the original five okay but i'm just saying that in this flashback bobby needs to be like 13 like he's so young i you know i think that does check out though right and also they do animate warren to look really really young which i liked because i was like that's the only way this works like both of them need to be like children but also it means that warren was here i know doing the x-men stuff all along and how did his dad okay that like did his dad send him to this school without knowing what it was i i just really feel like this whole episode doesn't work because like the whole rest of this tv show feels like it's a continuation of x-men evolution and then randomly this one does not and it's like if we look at it as if it's in the same canon of x-men evolution before moira reset the universe then <laughs> yeah it's so like, it's like this whole episode is the episode that's like okay if you ever were entertaining the thought that x-men evolution timeline was like kind of the same as this throw that in the garbage because it's, it's not right. and i'm like okay but you guys already kind of made it seem like it was though like <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't pull us on episode 20 and be like jk new show i'm with you it doesn't really quite feel like it works because the way that bobby and warren approach the new version of the x-men on this show it's like 
I don't know. It just doesn't really feel right. Like Bobby seems so excited to be an X-Man and he doesn't come in and be like, wow, the gang's back together again. It's me, Hank. Like, I mean, I guess Logan's not in this scene, but you know what I mean? Like, I feel like he should have said something about it. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Instead, he was like, yay, Kitty, we can continue being students together because we started at the same time. And I was like, yeah, what? (laughs) And like Kitty isn't in this scene. You know? No, I mean, she shouldn't be. Well, exactly. It just, it doesn't work according to X-Men Evolution times. No, it doesn't. But you know what is in this scene? The cum gun. Yep. That's back. That's how the scene ends. <laughs> that Cyclops huge gets sprayed water in the face. Of cum hits Scott and all the X-Men laugh at him. Yeah. I don't know why Xavier has this. And <laughs> uh, Cyclops leaves the room. And he's like, I'm not cut out to be an X-Men. I'm not a child soldier or a hero. And Xavier's waiting for him in the hallway. And he's like, you're too yeah. hard on yourself, Scott. You'll be fine as a child soldier. You just need to keep trying. Here, let me go find you a beautiful girl. Will that help? Actually, that is exactly what they do. That's I literally that, what actually. he says. He's like, well, I guess there's not enough chicks around here. So let's go recruit a hottie. And Scott is like, but we're all gay. And Xavier's like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, you know what's really funny is that I can also see Xavier being like, I've been visiting Jean privately because she's such a cute girl. Ugh. And it's like, Xavier, gross. It's You're gross. Really gross. Anyway, Ugh. so they do drive to Jean's house. And this is when it suddenly becomes X-Men 3, quickly before a commercial break, because they start driving down the road and all the cars are just floating in the air. Yep. And it's X-Men 3. Just like when the beginning of X-3, when we see the flashback to Eric and Charles recruiting Jean. Right. But now it's Cyclops and, and Charles, yeah. Xavier. So, but they, before that, we have a commercial break <laughs> where it's Mall Madness, the board game, but it features Jubilee and Boom Boom Edition. <laughs> and instead of like buying things, you're trying to steal things from the mall. Great. I can tell which comic book you're reading right now that made you write this one. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I love Mall Madness. I think it's one of the greatest games of all time <gasps> and uh, really should have won more awards and really gets you thinking like, who needs Catan or like Risk when you can play Mall Madness? I mean, that has all the life lessons you need in it. Mm-hmm. Just saying. That's a great point. Yeah, it's the greatest strategy game ever devised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then we come Mall back. Madness. And because there was a commercial break, we need to also reestablish that we're in a series of flashbacks. So Scott and Emma are like <laughs> standing there and Emma's like, shall we continue doing flashbacks? And Scott is like, yes, let's keep doing flashbacks again. And then they go back to the exact same scene we were in before. Same flashback, right? Yes, where the cars are floating outside of Jean's house. Nobody and notices. Xavier and Scott go inside. I'm, yeah, that makes no sense, but whatever. Fine. So they go inside. This episode doesn't have time to explain it things. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. So Jean's dad walks downstairs and Scott kind of whispers to Xavier, him, like, is he the mutant? And Xavier's like, no, her. And then we see this smoking hot child walking out (laughs) and she's kind of wearing something similar to her x-men evolution outfit by the way i noticed that too but also this is the episode where they're like forget about x-men evolution it never happened and i'm like okay i mean i don't understand this i don't know what they're trying to do but her dad is like so anyway your ex-boyfriend came to visit and he yes. scared Gene. Yeah, Magneto came by and was like, hey, Gene. And Gene was like, I'm scared. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Gene doesn't talk for most of this scene, by the way, which is kind of weird. She doesn't. But she does get some good lines later, so I guess that's worth yeah. it. Yeah. But 
I was not really paying attention to Xavier and John's conversation, which I don't think we were supposed to because they're talking, but instead we're watching like Scott and Jean make eyes at each other and like they're kind of flirting with each other in their eyes. Right. That's the focus of it. They're checking each other out. It's cute, I guess. Yeah, we're in their perspective where we hear the adults talking, Mm -hmm. but we're not really paying attention to them. But basically what Xavier is saying to John. Yeah. Is that my ex-boyfriend is building an army and he's going to kidnap Gene, which I don't know if he was going to do that. Which that's exactly what Xavier's doing, though. Like he's also assembling an army of powerful mutants and he's like, not like what I'm doing. No, there's a moment later where Magneto (laughs) comes up and he's by himself and Xavier is like, it's the next scene, but we'll get there. You know what? I've already, I can't stop now, but basically Xavier is like, I'm not going to let you take Jean and make her into a child soldier. And I'm like, Magneto's here alone, dude. You're the one with five (laughs) child child soldiers soldiers beyond you. It's nuts. It is nuts. And it's like, Xavier is like, Magneto's just going to take Jean away from you. However, my weekly visits with Jean aren't enough, so I need Jean to come stay with me at my house. <laughs> like, he literally says that, and I'm like, you guys are the same. Like, what? Yeah, How is I this know, different? It's not. And then Jean is like, Jean, I mean, John changes his mind because Jean finally talks for the first time in the scene, and she says, I'd like to go with them. Right. But I think she just wants to go because she has a crush on Scott, which I think is why Xavier brought Scott along. She's like, ooh, a boy. Yeah, because she's kind of sheltered, and she's like stuck in her house all day. Sure. And it's also Jean, and she's one of the few straight people in the X-Men, so like this, I believe. And one of the few like social people, like the extrovert, who's like, I actually like talking to people and like participating in school sports and all the other x-men are like let's stay inside and play magic the gathering it's like okay (laughs) that's like perfect honestly it is so gene is like i want to fucking get out of here and magneto was kind of scary but like at least this guy has like a cute young boy who's with him so that's cool and xavier's like i can protect her more than you can, John, yeah. because I can brainwash anybody who comes near her, including you, except for Magneto. <laughs> yeah, I know. Honestly, this part's probably how I actually went down. But this is now when we cut over to the other memory yes. where Magneto is just standing in, I assume it's Bayville because there's no <laughs> there's people no in this people city. Here. I wrote New York City, but like, you're right, it's Bayville. Yeah, there's nobody here. So this is actually really cool. He's like lifting up the X-Jet and like does this one fluid motion to like flip it around 180 degrees super fast, which just looks awesome. Like, I was just like, damn, Magneto's so powerful and so badass. <laughs> so he just like lowers yeah. the ramp and he's like, do do do, gonna grab Jean really quick. But he can't do that. She's not wearing any metal. So he sees Charles no. standing there and like surrounded by all of his little soldier boys and Jean is like in the back. Okay, Xavier was not standing. Yeah, you're right. He was sitting sitting in his his chair chair. at the top of the ramp. You're right. That's actually relevant because Magneto's going to fling it to the side in a second. (laughs) Um, So Magneto's like, bring me the girl, Charles. We both know her places with me. And Charles wheels over and is like, she's chosen a different path than the one you offer, Eric. And Eric is like, it's an uninformed choice. How can she ever reach her true potential if you insist on suppressing her powers? Which, like, kind of a valid question. So now we've been revealed that Xavier's doing that thing where he's deleting parts of Jean's memory. Oh, my God. And Xavier's response here is wrong. It's insane. Because he says, (laughs) I see her as a person. Not a weapon. And I'm, and I'm like, like, you. Well, you're wait, a person you can control and delete memories from, apparently. Like, 
And also use as a child soldier. And like, you do see her as a weapon then, you know? Yeah, I know. It's just that you see her as a weapon that you want to be able to control. So, you know, Magneto's response is so great because he kind of goes, oh, yeah, he's just kind of he's just kind of like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Like, you're fucking stupid. Well, he (laughs) he literally says, you know how I hate this conversation. That's what he says. Like, this is stupid. And then I followed up with Magneto saying, because you're always lying point blank to my face (laughs) and you leave me no choice. That's when Magneto dramatically whips the Blackbird around. Yep. He throws Xavier to the side like the little bitch that he is. Yep. Then he pulls metal from all over the city. There's nobody there, so it's yeah. fine. And he just starts flinging it around at the X-Men. Oh, right. And then he's got like a bus at one point. Yeah, that he's like flying through the air. I feel like it's also worth noting that when Jean overhears that her powers are being suppressed, she looks really shocked and horrified. Like she doesn't know you they know, have her face there. Typical. Yes. Typical. I'm just pointing it Jean out. I'm Grey just pointing it out. Dealing with Xavier. Yep. Yeah, I know. And so Magneto is threatening to kill the X Men because they all like fell down or something and they can't get up. <laughs> well, they're all like 14 years old. They don't know what they're doing. I know. And Scott's. Uh, he lost his visor. Yeah, well, because Magneto takes off his visor and he's like, that'll completely incapacitate this child who doesn't know how to do anything. <laughs> so Scott is like crawling around on the ground going, my glasses! And like trying to find them. And Gina's screaming Scott in the background. Uh, yeah, that is happening. And so Magneto's like, listen, uh, I'm going to kill all your friends unless you come with me. Yep. And Jean uses her powers against Magneto. Which is badass. It is pretty badass. I love this scene for her. And then she goes in Scott's brain and she's like, all right, I need you to open your eyes. And Scott's like, no, if I do that, I'll kill everyone. <laughs> it's like Scott. And she's like, she's like, listen, I can control it. Just trust me. So he opens his eyes and we get this cool shot of the beams in Scott's eyes glowing, but he's not shooting anything because Jean's controlling his eyeballs, just like X-Men 3 mm-hmm. again. This is just all X3. Yep. And... She uses him to shoot Magneto. His helmet falls off and like rolls into the Morlock tunnels. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. And then Xavier like rolls over. And first Magneto's like, Charles, she's even more powerful than we imagined. Like Magneto doesn't seem like dangerous here. He looks a little shocked. He does. And he and he and Charles are actually talking to each other like they're friends here, which I, I like that they kind of show the complexity of their relationship where like at first Charles, or at first Eric is like, okay, whatever. I'm going to kill you guys so that I can get Gene. Yeah. But then ultimately he's also like, I wasn't really going to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's kind of like, I, know, I, I was know, just right? trying to get her out of your clutches because you're like so problematic as a leader (laughs) and Charles is like a little brat and he's like fortunately for you I have taught her to suppress her abilities or we'd be fucking dead right now oh my god I can't believe he said that because I was like dude I know you're the worst you are literally the worst Eric points out he's like but she's so powerful with a mutant like her we could change the world like basically we could stop mutant oppression and like take over the world and Charles is like which is why I'll never let you take her and Eric is like oh dear friend never say never which he's like making sexy eyes at Xavier I like how both I don't even know they're little bitches to each other constantly and it's funny okay then in the background Jean uses her powers to pick up Scott's visor puts it on him and then they kiss they do I assume first kiss I don't know it probably is well who knows but we go back to Emma and this is when Emma's like oh so all these traumas that you've experienced in your life you've decided 
weren't traumatic anymore because you met Jean and Jean took them away because she deleted them from your brain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she actually literally did for what it's worth. I think it's no, just, I don't, I don't either. Scott is in denial and he's like, now I'm happy and everything in my life is perfect. Cause I met Jean. And it's like, um, that's not how it works, but no, it's not. And Emma's like, um, I don't know if that's the way you're supposed to deal with this. <laughs> and but she's whatever. also like, so what went wrong? And Scott just goes, Wolverine, which, okay. Oh my God. Honestly. Speaking of which, we have a commercial break and it's about a new Wolverine game called I'm Mr. Logan. Put your balls in my mouth. I'm Mr. Logan. <laughs> Out of my mouth, they'll pop. I'm Mr. Logan. <laughs> Row in the woods. I'm Mr. Logan. Buckets have come. Anyway. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, it's the Mr. Bucket theme song and Put Your Balls in My Mouth is the lyrics. James, Mr. Bucket, the first to get their balls in and Mr. Bucket wins, but look out, because the balls will pop out of his mouth. I'm Mr. Bucket. The balls will fall out of my mouth. I'm Mr. Bucket. The balls will run on the back. I'm Mr. Bucket. We're all going to run. I'm Mr. Bucket. The first to get their balls into Mr. Logan's mouth wins, but look out, they'll pop out of his mouth. Like... <laughs> Mr. Bucket. <laughs> Mr. Bucket was like in the 90s, we had this like game that was a bucket with a face. It was basically cloaky <laughs> in terms of like the thought of what he looked like. Yeah, Mr. Bucket. Buckety. And Buckety. But his name was Mr. Bucket. That's how you knew he was like a real live bucket. Anyway, so he was like battery controlled and he rolled around the room and you were scooping up these balls that you had to put into the top of his head because he's a bucket mm -hmm. and then like it would like projectile shoot them <laughs> across the room so you had to like get as many in there as possible i don't know how you won i don't know that you can win i think it's just infinite and you never can win i don't know no i mean i think you can win but like i'm like what's the rules like are you trying to get just your colored balls in there while everyone gets their colored balls i that must be the the game right i don't know we never actually played mr bucket we just made fun of the song forever no because it's crazy for that to be a song it was i mean i didn't change any of the lyrics except for the roaming the woods and buckets at the end that's it <laughs> it's like the rest of it said he's like it's like i'm mr bucket put the balls in my mouth or something like that i don't I know i think it's balls pop out of my mouth which is still hilarious okay i don't even know if that's any better <laughs> anyway i'm mr logan no memories mr logan balls in my mouth all right so back to the show um <laughs> Logan dramatically speeds around his bike, which goes... That's what I thought you were talking about when we first started recording. I thought I this is what you were referencing. I was. Oh, okay. Then I don't know. We made it... Okay, whatever. <laughs> we're back. I can't even understand. Jean's walking Jean from the window, and she's like, oh, this bad boy is hot. And I've only dated a good boy. Okay, but how does Scott know that? Because he, he instantly sees Logan. Scott instantly sees Logan and he's so angry. And Logan has only just arrived for the first time ever. Ever. I mean, I don't know. Who else is in the mansion at this point? No one. Like he already Apparently. he already knew Hank, Bobby, and Hank. I'm sorry. He already knew Hank, Bobby, and Hank. He also knew Angel. That's what I was trying to say. But does and he? those are the other characters. Or is this how he's first meeting all of them? Is Colossus here yet? Does Colossus matter? Colossus shows up later. Don't worry. He's going to be back any second. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know. It's like Logan shows up and he's all flirty with Scott. And Scott's like, don't even fucking talk to me. And it's like, what? And Logan smells the air. And he's like, who's she? <laughs> and she looks up at Jean, who's like in the window, like stroking herself. 
And Xavier's like, that's the telepath I told you about. You'll soon meet her along with the others. And Logan's like looking forward to it. And that's like the moment where Scott, I guess, is like, this is enough for me to hate this guy. Just the fact that he saw Gene and thinks Gene is hot. I'm going to fucking kill this guy. <laughs> He's like, he saw Gene in the tarot window mm-hmm. that I keep her in <laughs> and saw that she was hot. And I can't have him around. Yep. Uh, then Logan throws his keys at Scott. Yep. And he's like, park my bike, bitch. Yeah. And it's like, why would Logan do this? I just didn't buy it. I don't it. know. It's like, there's like two minutes left in the episode and they're just introducing this plot point. I and know. it's like too fast. They don't and have time. Inside. Okay. This next piece is either like a week or two later or sometime way later than that. Oh, I thought it was like two minutes later. Okay. I can't tell because the next three scenes, they're wearing the exact same clothes, but it's been clear that time has passed but they haven't changed their clothes so who the fuck knows because this is logan waiting outside of gene's room creepily (laughs) and gene walks in and he's like hey i hear you read minds gene just uh, smiles and keeps walking like whatever i'm not gonna respond to that she's not weirded out about it she's like "Mm, i can well also like this is just a recreation of like what is it x2 there's this x-men one x-men 2000 when he walks over, he's like, read my mind. And she's like, I'd rather not. <laughs> and then he like makes her do it and shows her like this horrifying Weapon X flashback. <laughs> and she's like, uh, I'm not sure if you're hitting on me or just have a lot of brain problems. Like, what the fuck is this? And Logan does a Scott thing. He's like, but why Why are you showing me that? And Jean's like, I, I'm not. <laughs> anyway, so Logan's like, why would I have an old bald man in my head when I could have you? And Jean smiles and she's like, and there's the problem. You can't have me. And then she just picks him up telekinetically and floats him away, basically. Yeah, away. And then Scott apparently was just standing here for the this entire, entire time. Conversation. Scott was standing there. And this, this is like when I was like, what are you mad about, dude? Because Scott then stomps over and he's like, I'm jealous because you're flirting with Gene, but also I'm going to take the time to stroke your chest. And I'm definitely not into you also because he like slams his keys into Logan's chest and holds it there. Which is why I'm like, this is two minutes later, by the way. And they like gaze into each other's eyes. And I was like, uh, are you mad that Gene's flirting with Logan and not you? Or are you just mad that he's flirting with Gene? Because I honestly cannot tell because it's being written and animated in such a way that it doesn't even feel like the fight's even about Gene. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know what's happening. I'm like, why is this straight scene so gay? <laughs> I don't know. And also, why is Scott so defensive of his girlfriend so quickly when he's seen Logan for two seconds? Like, unless he thinks Logan is really hot and dangerous and sexy. Like, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what I thought. And this, so it cuts to Emma being like, uh, okay, so she wanted to fuck Logan, and also you wanted to fuck Logan. And Scott's like, no, I'm definitely straight. He had the wrong idea. He was just pushing his ideas on us. And Emma's like, uh, so what did you do about that? And Scott's like, well, I finally confronted Logan about it. I killed him. First, I thought it was the same day. It is not. It has to be like two be. years it later be. because they've developed relationships, but they haven't changed their clothes, which I don't know. X-Men Evolution, for what it's worth, they had different clothes on in like every episode, and I appreciated that. Also, like they made the passage of time clear because everything moved slower on that show, and therefore the emotional stakes mattered more. Whereas in this episode, 
Logan and Jean have talked for two seconds. Logan and Scott have talked for two seconds. And now suddenly we're supposed to believe that Scott is ready to murder Logan in cold blood because he's so <laughs> mad at him. We don't even know what... Like, that's the next we scene. We don't even know what the fight was about. What led to this? Like, did Jean cheat on Scott officially? We don't actually ever find out. Uh, it's actually because Logan and Scott just fucked. And then, like, after they finished, Logan went outside and Cyclops came outside and did that street boy, but not street boy thing. He was like, listen, none of that was real. And I'm going to, like, get really mad at you about it now and it's like uh okay so <laughs> so he's blasted logan into a tree and logan's like i'm not fighting you logan's refusing to fight him which is very classy by the way it is and scott's like well i'm gonna fucking shoot you behind your back then and then g yeah. runs out and she's like what the fuck is wrong with you and scott's like you're taking his side he's an animal and gene's like no you are you know why he's not fighting you because i made him promise not to and scott's like wait what you mean (laughs) you do like logan too i mean you do like logan and also what i'm not supposed to kill people in cold blood and gene's like no it's really confusing too because one of scott's lines is you don't even know him which yeah how long of a time period do they know logan before the scene like you know what i mean where i'm like wait how we needed this information throughout the series and we just didn't get it and now we're supposed to believe that something happened well because we still don't actually know what happened though we'll never know we'll never know we never get to find out what the conflict actually was you know and that's actually kind of disappointing Right. Because it's like, it would have been nice to know. Right. And then we spend the final two minutes of this episode completely watching the animation over again of the first scene yep. where Jean's yep. like, apologize to Logan. And Scott's like, I don't want to. And then Xavier and Jean's minds go crazy and mm-hmm. everything blows up. Then there's an explosion of the Phoenix, but we don't know that yet. And we go back to the present. No, we're about to find that out in like two seconds because Emma's like, it must have been hard for you to experience all that trauma again and tell me about yeah. that. Yeah. You know, I wish I liked. Which is really nice. And she's like, now, if you want, I can remove all the memories of Jean. And Scott is like, wait, the explosion. I need to see it again. We missed something. And Emma's like, okay, let's do it in slow-mo, which is pretty cool that she can do this. Like, she can't She can't do this, even though it's really funny to watch because it's like, it Xavier is be so like, funny. oh, my head. And Logan's like, <laughs> oh, professor. <laughs> And then Bishop is like, electronic fuse. <laughs> oh my yeah, God. Bishop is in the bushes in the background. <laughs> um, well, time travel's real, so. It is It is real, and Bishop was here for this. Um, so Emma pauses it, like, right as the explosion happens. Yeah. And we see the reflection in Scott's sunglasses of the fire. Right. And then they, like, turn around and see that actually Scott had this repressed memory of Jean exploding into the Phoenix. And we see this like huge fiery Phoenix and Jean is like way floating super high above the ground. Right. And it's terrifying. Yeah. But awesome. Uh, well, Jean Grey is great. It's because you know what? She finally <laughs> was done with Scott's shit. And she's like, I'm going to be my own girl. She was, she's like, stop trying to fucking control me. I'm going to fucking leave you and fuck whoever I want. And Scott was like, I'm scared of that. I'm scared. <laughs> and that's like this is what causes her to go full phoenix mode i don't hate that and it's the end that's the end of the episode it is. also i want to say one of the things that i love about krakoa right now is that we get to see so many forms of sexuality to the point we yes. also get to see somebody like oh like gene and scott who can be in 
like an uh, open a sort of open relationship yeah relationship which is like I we don't get to see for that them. like it's scott finally so becomes a person yeah. who's like okay like gene is Polly, and i need to just accept that if i want to be with her and sometimes gene fucks logan and it's not a big deal and sometimes i fuck logan and that's also not a big deal yeah logan still fucks around it's still logan being logan yeah logan's fucking the both of them and scott's also fucking emma yeah let's not pretend that's not happening no that is still happening I love it. I love that that's just like completely resolved now because they're all mature and they're just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> they're like, monogamy doesn't work for any of us. So we're just not going to do it. So it's like, okay. I like it. I like it. It's it's interesting. But of course, this is the version of them where they were all, you know, ages 18 to 25. And they're like, <laughs> I'm so insecure. I can't deal with any of this. <laughs> sort of I mean, interesting. Technically, Logan's like 300, but sure. He can't remember any of it. So he's basically 22. I mean, <laughs> who the hell knows how old Logan is? Like, mentally. We'll never know. Nobody nobody knows anything about Logan, especially Logan. Especially so. Logan. Yeah. I'll, although um, I'm sure if all of his exes got together, and hunt out they could probably piece together his entire history i know but of course that would never happen that'd be <laughs> a great logan comic book let though. that happen Wait, oh my instead god of, it like, would be <laughs> logan like remembering his whole life in the comic books there's just like a separate story about all of logan's exes meeting up and including Sabretooth, and they're like okay this is when he was with me what did he tell you how many years was that and they're like putting together pieces of twine on like a cork board where they're like okay so then they try and get, catch logan in a lie and be like Logan, do you remember this? And he's like, no, I <laughs> and he's don't. he's like, no, who are you? I have then, to go. <laughs> and then Mariko's like, but you do remember because that happened when you met me, which was before then. And you remember me. And he's like, oh, shit, I got to go. I don't remember any of you. <laughs> Goodbye. And he like races off on his bike and Rogue's just like, I don't know who the hell any of you are, but I'm getting sick of you all showing up on the front lawn and causing me issues. Now get the fuck out. <laughs> I would love that comic. Um, it would probably have to take place in like limbo or something since half those exes are dead. Well, but... I don't know. And then Rogue turns around. She's like, where did Logan go? And she sees him fucking gambit. She's like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that would also happen. Um, oh, my God. Okay. I guess I'm going to give this episode a three out of five. Yeah. it's Okay. So it's a three out of five because it's important plot wise. It actually has something to do with the overarching series. So you can't skip it. No. And I liked all the Emma stuff. I, I thought it was interesting. I liked the dynamic that she has with Scott, even though it's really tragic and bittersweet for her. But I liked it. I liked the Phoenix yeah. stuff. I just wish that it made any fucking sense. Like, it just, doesn't. It's kind of skipped over. And so we don't really know what led to it. I don't really like how Logan was such a weird dick when he first shows up. But I was also like, is this supposed to be Scott's biased memory of events as opposed to literal events? Which I think is an interesting question. And we don't really get the answer to that either. At least no, we don't. in terms of how the show works and like how memories work and stuff. But I, I like the idea that it is Scott's biases. Yeah, so it's a three out of five. Yeah. It's not a skip, but I didn't love it. Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything more to add to that. Like I said, you need to watch it for the overarching plot. And yeah, That's I don't have anything it. else to say. Yep. I mean, I how interesting is this going to be to me? Because I don't really care about Cyclops and his memories. The parts I liked is just Emma trying to be a, a therapist, which I enjoyed watching her do that. Mm-hmm. And Logan and Scott having chemistry, which... Yeah, that's it. Brings Which us I guess to we the can next talk about section. who's gay. Yeah. <laughs> the
that's it. That's those are the only characters who are gay. Although, you know what? Charles and Eric. I was gonna say Charles and Eric, but like because they're doing their whole ex-boyfriend thing. Yes. Xavier's being all bitchy towards him. He's like, I told you she was stronger than you thought. And it's like Magneto's like, dude, (laughs) calm down. Like (laughs) And also, like, dude, you're not actually helping her achieve her full potential. And Charles is like, Well, it's a good thing. Because if I did, she would kill us. And it's like she ended up killing everybody anyway, dude, because you fucked up. Like, you suppress her powers, and now she's exploding. It's also during that time period in which Xavier and Magneto were, like, potentially building the X-Men together, and then they didn't. So now they're just, like, fighting over their shared children. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? It's like And their like, conflicting philosophies about how violent they want to be. Right. Magneto's like, listen, you promised me I could take the kids on weekends. And Xavier's <laughs> like, I don't owe you anything, and I have money, so I can do whatever I want. <laughs> And Magneto's like, look, I came here alone because I just think that you're doing a shit job of raising Jean, and I think it's fucked up. And Charles is like, it's not your business! Yeah, and meanwhile, like, PH is the back, he's like, what do you think about me, Father? Magneto's like, shut the fuck up! Like... Yeah, I mean, every single character here is rife with flaws, but that's why we love them. <laughs> and meanwhile, Gene and Scott are making out in the background, and like that's so overdramatic, yeah. too. And like Scott is like, my yeah, glasses! Very straight. <laughs> you know, also, you didn't mention it, but during that first fight scene, there's like a moment where Bobby's like just standing there being like limp-wristed and like trying to touch Scott. Oh my God, I took that. I took those screenshots because I was so excited about how like gay Bobby looks in that scene. And then it doesn't matter at he's all. pretty gay. It is pretty gay. Yeah. Um, there are some fun scenes where Bobby and Hank and Angel are all hanging out and like fighting together, but like it's not relevant to the episode. I just assume all three of them are gay, though. I mean, there's like an all male X Men team that's like very homoerotic and adorable up until Gene yeah. shows up, and and they're like, "Which X Men's gay?" And they're like, "All of us, except now Gene's here." And like none of those X Men besides Scott is interested in Gene, though, is the thing because only one of them is bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> the other ones are like we might be just gay <laughs> i don't know yeah i don't know i know they pointed out it's like those guys must have been hooking up before gene absolutely. was there right absolutely and i'm pretty sure they kept hooking up after gene was there just saying like I- i'm assuming that bobby was just like slutting it around with all four of them and like one can only assume yeah they were all teenagers so it seems fine and like healthy and normal yeah but before he was out and so he was just like Oh, we're just doing this because we're friends and we're helping each other out. Yeah, we're all friends and we're all just young men living (laughs) together. And it's fine. And also Xavier's gay. So like, it's pretty normal. He was really close with Magneto. So whatever. Guys can be really good friends. I don't want to be imagining this between them because it's a little too young. But, you know, I do feel that that's probably what was happening. I feel like it's relatable, though, to like, I don't know, the kinds Us. of hookups. Our, yeah, our experiences, that's what we're talking like, about Like when we here. were that age and we're like... <laughs> like we're just kissing as like a joke or whatever. It's like <laughs> truth or dare. Like who cares? You yeah, know? It's, it's like we're not really gay. We're just like getting naked and sucking each other's dicks because like we're just, you know, like good friends. You helping know? each other out yeah helping my bro you know <laughs> yeah so i can see that and also we can go to them being a bit older scott and logan homoerotic as fuck oh well why yeah. was scott touching logan's peck for so long <laughs> and why did the <laughs> show a- zoom in on him touching logan's peck being like i hate you more than anything <laughs> 
who are you? You're too dangerous and sexy for Gene and definitely not for me. I like the idea that like it was day one and he's <laughs> Logan's flirting with Gene and then Scott goes over and is like, you can't have her. And then for some reason, Scott and Logan fuck and not Logan and Gene. Yeah. You know what I That's mean? That's kind of how that scene comes off, honestly. Yeah, and like Scott just like internalized that for so long and then suddenly he's like, wait a second, you can't hit on my girlfriend too. And it's like, Scott, you're already being super gay Cheating about this. Cheating on Gene with Logan and then attacking Logan logan over it and logan is like um maybe you need to like come to terms with your bisexuality dude and scott is like shut the fuck up i'm straight and i'm gonna marry gene that's gonna be it for me you need to leave multiple times i'm gonna marry gene multiple times and they're never gonna work out because mr sinister keeps showing up so yeah anyway you gotta feel for scott in those moments he's really tortured yeah he's really struggling with all this yeah and emma's the one who's like pointing it out to him and he's like i don't know why that's relevant and she's like okay <laughs> um whatever oh, so the next episode is called river did i write this down wrong it's called river <laughs> rover oh it's rover, rover. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that doesn't make that much more sense, but it's called Rover. No, it does make sense because I think this sentinel's name is Rover. Oh, because it's a dog? <laughs> no, it's, well, sure. It, it's in the future. Okay. There's a sentinel in the comic books that's name is Rover, and I think that's what it's referencing. Okay. I don't remember fully, but like we did just see that Polaris gave them a sentinel to walk around in. Yes, So absolutely. The episode description isn't about sentinels, though. It's Cyclops and Wolverine inform Professor X of Emma's discovery. So... Uh, Xavier in the future is going to learn about the Dark Phoenix situation. Oh, I was like, what discovery? <laughs> that they're, they're fucking? <laughs> like, Logan and Scott, like, hook up. And Logan then, and like, Scott tell Xavier that they're fucking now. And Xavier's like, I don't really care, but... Xavier's okay. like, I already knew that, but all right. Like once again, Xavier's like, I'm really busy, guys. Like you can't keep calling <laughs> like, me with stupid like Logan shit. Logan calls him up and he's like, all right, are you at a safe pound? Because we made a discovery here. Our discovery here is that we're both bi. And, <laughs> and Xavier's, Xavier's just like, like rubbing his eyes like, are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> he's like, what are you guys doing to stop the future that I'm in? And he's like, well, he's like, we're well, we're both coming to terms Logan. with our bisexuality. And Xavier's just like, jeez. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh my like, God. You know, it is kind of funny because like all the characters who are left according to this TV show are like kind of queer. We have Aurora who is bisexual. Oh, yeah. We have Kitty who is bisexual. We have Iceman who is gay. Yep. And while Hank has not formally said he's bisexual, he did that pretend thing where he said he was, but he wasn't. But obviously he is on the show. Uh-huh. Kurt's just charming to everybody. Yep. So he's got to be bi. And then we have like Logan and Scott doing whatever the fuck they are. So it's just like all these queers mm-hmm. just hanging out. And then like... And Gene isn't even really on this show. So that takes one straight woman off the board. Yeah. I would say Emma's straight, but like she's also barely on the show. Let's be honest. So it's right. like a bunch right. of bisexual disasters also rogue (laughs) is in the background it's like a bunch of bisexual disasters all fighting with each other and like xavier's just like why why is this the team i'm never gonna get out of here (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of hilarious um yeah so i'm kind of i don't know i'm excited to see another future episode me too i'm excited to see how the show wraps up even though this episode was kind of clunky yeah i still want to know what happens you know same I mean, like, it's got to go somewhere, right? So, I mean, yeah, I guess it's got to go. Take us for the ride, baby. To the oh apocalypse episodes at the end, which is going to be a really weird turn of events. But it's like this segue that just is not explained, but whatever. Yeah. All right. So Rover next week. Um, You're ready for plugs? 
Let's do yeah, this. I am. Uh, right. So mutantages.com. It's our website. Also, sciencecene.net will take you there, just as, as uh, Beast AOL Instant Messenger logs will tell you. Maddie will never let it go. She'll <laughs> stay up for the rest of her life. <laughs> um, so we've got an email address. You should definitely send us some emails about what you think about the finale of this show. I'm guessing when we finish it, we'll do a, another listener mail. Yeah. Um, the mutantages at gmail.com is the address you're going to want. And we have a Discord server, which is uh, there's an invite link on the right side of our website where you can also ask us questions or just talk about the weekly episodes or the MCU or anything else. And we have a voicemail inbox. We haven't gotten a voicemail in a while, I don't think. So leave us a voicemail at 1508-319-1668 or send us a postcard or whatever else you want to P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. And we will open it on our YouTube channel. And that's right. Read it, show it off, brag about it, whatever. We're also on social media. We are the Mutant Ages on every social media you can possibly fathom. And I am on those platforms as well at Mitty Myers. What about you, Ryan? I'm at Ryan Pagella on Twitter and at Ryan.Pagella on Instagram. You can also find me on Twitch and YouTube. And like Maddie said, you could go to our actual YouTube for the Mutant Ages and watch us play through every X-Men video game ever to be created. Uh, sometimes we take clips from this show. We match it up with clips from the actual shows and media that we're watching. Mm -hmm. You could go watch Demon and D2, which are <laughs> the, the parody fan films we made as teenagers. Movies that we made when we were teenagers. And it just keeps on coming up a lot because we've been talking a lot about Demon again uh -huh. across the board with everybody who was involved with Demon. And uh, our friend Steph was quoting it while I was doing an escape room with her. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's an important part of our past. Oh my God, Maddie, I'm sorry. I didn't even tell you about this, but like we were like in the escape room and we crawl into this space and there's a picture of roses and Steph turns around and she goes, Roses! <laughs> <laughs> my roses! Yeah, I know. Blue like the sea. Um, Yeah, all these wonderful jokes, which you can finally understand if you watch D-Men and D2 on our YouTube channel. That's right. And, and get to see us like little teeny boppers being like, we're we're cute and hate ourselves, but we're cute. <laughs> we are cute. We are adorable. And gay, little, little, little gays. Anyway. And we have a store so you could support the Mutant Ages with your hard-earned bucks and get a shirt or a mask or a tote bag that has Bishop popping out of the bushes saying time travel is real or with the Mutant Ages logo on it. And we also have a Patreon which has wonderful, wonderful bonus episodes at it. Patreon.com slash The Mutant Ages is the place to go, naturally. And yeah. it's got so much bonus content. And if you back at the highest tier, we give you a shout out on the show. That's right. Um, I don't know if I have any good voices for this week either. I mean, I guess I could be... I guess Scott. <laughs> Cyclops being like... Samuel B, Sora B, Zach S, thank you for being supporters of the show and joining us on the X-Men, but I'm not good enough to be here anymore because I'm just going to get all of you hurt if you stay here, if I stay here. So I'm going to leave. I don't even know what I want. Goodbye. I'm not going to be here, but I'm going to be here. Maybe I'll be here. Am I going to be here or not? God. Ryan, Ryan is just slowly okay. drinking tea now in the background. Thank you. Thank you to all of them for being here for us. Um, if you cannot afford to support the show, we do understand, but I hope that you will leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice or share the show with your friends on your personal social media and tell them you like it. That is how people find the show. And that's, uh, right. that's it. That's right. That's right.
That's right. Okay. That's right. That's right. Well, this was fun, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with another episode of The Mutant Ages, and hopefully I'll sleep that week. Yeah. No promises, though. <laughs> yeah. If you're wondering why this episode was crazy, it's because Ryan hasn't slept in 10 days. So <laughs> he's slowly okay. losing it. Um, Cool. Oh, All it's right. gone now. We'll see you next time. Right. Goodbye, everyone. See you next time. The Mutant Ages.